Okay, welcome back to Reality Check Chat. We're your rural Susquehanna County podcasters and political podcasters. And tonight we're going to be talking about various things having to do with Ukraine and other little tidbits that we're going to throw in here. I'm Barbara Scott. And I'm Judy Herschel. And I'm Liz Curdy. Good to see you guys tonight. Nice to see you too. I've been... completely stressed out. And I wanted to mention Irina Vilkina, who's 52 and her, she was taking makeup classes and that makeup teacher recognized her perfectly manicured hand. Have you seen the photograph of her dead body? She was from Bucha, Ukraine. And there's her hand with the beautiful nail polish, you know, manicured hand. She was shot allegedly by the retreating Russians and killed, of course. I don't know if you've seen the picture. I guess it's kind of become iconic, but maybe not. Anyway, I saw it on the New York Times. It's just her arm and this this muddied hand, but you can see the nails are done up. So I, I just wanted to point that out just to give her life some kind of meaning because I think we're fighting, and we're going to talk more about this. I think we're fighting authoritarianism. We're fighting to keep our democracies, and I don't mean just the United States, our democracies around the world. It's it's a big deal. And the other thing I read that is upsetting, which I'll share, are palm threes. Have you heard of palm threes? No, what is that, bro? That's a mine that senses if someone walks by. So you don't have to step on it or drive over it. It's for civilians. And they have found them in various places that they the Ukrainians have liberated. 164 nations signed in 1997 the treaty that they would not use landmines. However, some countries didn't sign that treaty, one of them being Russia, another one being the United States. Mm. I, I'm shrugging my shoulders. You're shaking your head. What the I'm heck? Shaking my head. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that, Barb. You did. I, did I, thought, I was kind of suspecting that's where you were headed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to take this seriously. And Judy, you and Liz suggested that I tell the story about the Twitter video, which we don't know if it's it's a fake thing the Russians put in or if it's actually true. And if you know, you know, let us know. You can uh, maybe send us an email at realitycheckchat at gmail.com. So it's an interviewer, a guy's interviewing a woman. She's, she looks Western, like she's got a, you know, kind of a Western hat. It looks out West or Midwest. And it's, uh, she, she definitely has an American accent, which is kind of a non-English accent, non-American accent. You can't say, oh, she's from South Carolina or anything like that. It's kind of an, just a, a bland American accent, kind of like mine. <laughs> And he's asking her if, who would you vote for president? If you had the choice between Biden or Putin, who would you select uh, vote to be your president? And she said, oh, Putin, of course, Putin, because, you know, we've got to get rid of the Nazis. They're, they're just Nazis. They're just these fascists. We got to get rid of them. I mean, the Ukrainians are all Nazis. And I don't know what, else she said but it was mostly about the nazis so i'm just wondering if it's a real thing or not i question whether it is real do i think there are people that think that way there there most likely are i would like to think that it is small in number as you know i i talked to a lot of people during the week um mostly republicans it just happens to be 
because of my job and, and people that I'm around. And I've not encountered anyone, whether they would admit it or not, that is pro-Putin. There's a lot of finger pointing as to who's responsible for how we got to this point. There's a lot of anger towards Biden as to whether or not he should go in there with force right now. But everybody seems to be on the, on the same page that I talked to that they feel that something needs to be done. Let me scratch that. Not everyone. There have been people and more so when I took a recent trip to Florida for a long weekend, I had heard quite a few times there, a little bit up here, you know, it's none of our business. Why are we over there? What's the reason for being there? And we could spend a whole entire podcast just talking about that. But you hit it right on the nail, Barb, is is democracies need to stick together. Once one democracy is threatened, that's us. That's any one of us. And it's our business. And, and if it's not stopped, he does not play nice. And I don't know how much more he needs to do for people to realize you cannot believe a single thing that son of a gun is, you know, says. So democracies need to stick together and democracy is being threatened right now. But, but I have not heard anyone say pro, that they're pro-Putin. So I would like to think However, you take a look at Tucker Carlson, for example, and some fringe Fox commentary that allude to the fact that that Putin isn't as bad as those of us portray him to be. That's dangerous. That's a slippery slope. But no, it's it's a fine line. And I do feel everyone is on the same page that the United States does need to be involved, but what that involvement entails is the tough one. But a lot of finger pointing towards Biden. And even Obama, you know, if you remember, you know, how we got to this point, if we can do just a quick little history lesson for, for those that aren't aware, when Crimea was annexed in 2014 by Russia, Russia gave overwhelming support to the separatists there. And in response during his administration, Barack Obama refused to give any type of lethal, lethal weapons, but he started what was called the Ukraine Security Assist- Assistance Initiative. And that was between 2016 and 2019. And they gave them non-lethal weapons. They sent over military to train the troops. And that continued under under Trump. In 2017, Trump agreed to give them lethal weapons, but that later changed to selling them those those javelins that you hear so often about, I think $47 million worth. And that program, the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, that was providing the security and and the weapons, he had threatened to stop that as a way to basically pressure Ukraine to open up an investigation against Joe Biden as it relates to his son. So we're all aware that that was a, you know, the reason for the, the impeachment. So there's a lot to know as to what came up to this point as we're finger pointing. You know, they blame it on Obama that he didn't give the appropriate weapons, but a lot was done on his, in his defense. And maybe that wasn't the best decision at the point, but in his defense, there was that agency that was started that Trump attempted for his own for his own reasons, which are not right, to prevent them from getting the aid that they needed. Well, and also to back up a little bit, it really started before Crimea. Yes. Because Putin went into Chechnya, stole some land from Georgia. And I read that recently, I read that um, some Ukrainian soldiers had shot some Russian soldiers. I don't mean in battle. It looked like not in battle. And they were Georgian, I think they were Georgian fighters that came to fight for Ukraine in 2014 because they're Russia haters, because Russia took some of their land and fought. Didn't do what he did in Chechnya, but that's next. If he wins in U- in Ukraine, Putin, he's going to go to Moldova and um, Georgia as far as everybody's 
is thinking. And also, Judy, I think Obama, he really weighed whether or not he should go into Syria, help Syria or not, and decided not to. So Russia filled that gap. And I think it was a similar kind of thing with Ukraine. He didn't want escalation of fighting because we already had finishing up Iraq in his administration, Afghanistan he inherited. And so we were already in these two wars and he didn't want another one. Liz, is this your opportunity? Is this? Well, yeah, um, I'm hearing, I was looking at today as Part of Putin's plan is to destabilize the West. He, he likes to see democracies quibbling between each other within our own society. And he does this, you know, with social media platforms and the bots. And what he's looking to do is to weaken Americans' faith in our own democracy. And then people who puppet that, say, like Ted Cruz or Tucker Carlson, they say, like, they say these pro-Putin statements, they're feeding the enemy. And in a previous time, that would be sedition. It'd be, it'd be treason to give aid and comfort to the enemy, as they used to say. And one of the things he does this through, he does this with social media. And I've got some really nice cards here. Let's see. What do you mean he? Who's he? Oh, Putin. Putin, Putin you know, they, they got the, the troll farms. And I also read when the war in Ukraine, well, the, the attack on Ukraine began, that the, the troll information, the bots, the, inf- the misinformation about, for example, COVID-19 dropped considerably. And they believe it's because the bots got busy with misinformation about the attack on Ukraine. And then I saw an interesting article in Scientific American about how to Americans can sort of protect themselves from misinformation. We don't want to be puppeting the wrong stuff and aiding Putin. And I said, one thing they do is the the social media will say things that are very inflammatory and make you angry. So anything that makes you angry, they said, take a look at the source, look at it closely, look at what they're trying to say. And then if it makes you angry, don't share it right away because you may be sharing misinformation. Right. But granted, that's hard. I laugh. It all makes me angry. And of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you see something really inflammatory, think twice about sharing it. Right. And then even, and I don't want to be like a total, like, like toe the line, but of course we're going to, we have discussions about different political views, but I think we really need to, we need to, be a united front against Putin. Yes. He's, he's sees these divisions in our country and he's really working to, to enhance them, to make them bigger. And they said he um, undermined confidence. And of course, you know, with the previous election, and then he stoked the flames, like Black Lives Matter, policing, uh, COVID-19. And so we need to be careful with that. And there was one more point I had about all this. Liz, if I but, can uh, add one more, one more thing is we have and, and this is by no means opinion. I did check the sources on this, and some of us are very well aware of this, but the influence that Russian oligarchs have had on in- individuals connected with the previous um, administration. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's scary. And that's scary as we move forward into future elections. You, look, you take a look at Manafort, who was very much involved with the, the separatist um, political party in, in Ukraine, was receiving millions of dollars from oligarchs who were against NATO. That was right under our nose. Is that right? So, yeah. Well, that's what he was accused of. And there's a lot of, there is a lot of, and this is a, according to the Associated Press and some very great, very good sources. So unfortunately, not only is it social media, but we also have to question and take a look at from here on out in some, we may never be able to prove, but definitely enough evidence to take a look and say something, something's up with this. I think Manafort's excuse for it was he only was working with them, this group to persuade 
gave them to become more Western, but his actions don't coincide with that. That was the, the reasoning he gave for why he worked so closely with this group. We can remind listeners that he was pardoned by President Correct, Trump. correct. Yes, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for mentioning that. But not only is it social media, it's it's paying off political aides and people involved with, with government. And I don't think that's conspiracy theory. I think that is very much reality and all the more reason that Americans need to pay attention um, because that is a huge threat to our democracy as we move forward. And we've already begun to set that precedent with the previous administration. And also, they're saying, too, that, that we should be watching for more misinformation. Putin would really like to undermine our faith in the midterm elections coming up in November. They'd make him really like to see that destabilized. And he also, the article I read had interesting things about how there's an editorial in The Hill recently, Hill publication, what we can do to counteract, to counteract Putin's misinformation, we can do social media in, into Russia. And they suggested using popular like Russian exiles or dissidents, especially younger people. They a comedian whose name I couldn't begin to pronounce, Russian, because it said that young people in Russia are very tuned into social media and the online, of course. But if we can get them like a large platform, not them, but the uh, these dissidents and exiled Russians to really talk up the, the benefits of living in a more liberal society, that we can undermine you know, Putin's agenda ourselves, that we should be, this should be a two-way war, you know, a social media war. How would they be able to hear that or read that or see that? That's a good question. That's a good question because I'm just trusting, you know, how the young people always find a way. Like like you read about China, China's media and internet is very, very censored, but the kids find a way. But that's not a good answer. That's my answer right now, (laughs) basically. They find a way around. Yeah. Well, I hope so. That would be good because I know there are, there's like a brain drain. There's all these Russians are leaving and the artists are leaving and they're leaving because they're upset about Russia's war, special operation, military operation. Is this my time to talk about Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman? Oh, yes, please. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I I got interested in Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who now he's retired, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, because he was forced out, bullied out by President Trump and his administration. He served in Russia from 2012 to 2013, and he, he said this, quote, clarified his suspicions that Putin was increasingly emboldened. He worked to avoid the confrontation that has come about in Ukraine. And of course, he was born in Ukraine and he speaks Ukrainian and Russian. And he came to this country when he was like five or something like that. But he worked, he said, so hard to avoid this kind of confrontation that and failed because, of course, Putin went to war on on Ukraine. But he's an interesting person. And there was an interview recently that in the uh, Washington Post, which I read, And he's saying, we're not looking at the big picture here. We should be looking at Putin's emboldening other authoritarian figures, for one thing. You know, Brazil and China have not agreed to kick Russia out of the UN Human Rights Council, which is hilarious. As our Mm -hmm. UN ambassador says, it's a farce that Russia is in the UN Human Rights Council. But he says that during the Trump administration, his feelings and suspicions lurched forward significantly. That's a quote, lurched forward significantly, especially with the insurrection January 6th, because it showed how weak, in his eyes, 
in Putin's eyes. It shows how weak the United States was and within their own country. I mean, here we have a president going around saying that Biden didn't win the election. And then you have the insurrection of January 6th. So we were so weakened that Putin saw it was time to strike. And then he got Tucker Carlson and Mike Pompeo and Trump cheerleading for Putin. They're cheerleading for Putin and they're doing it on Fox, our state TV. He thinks that these events will shape the 21st century. And he feels that we must help Ukraine, which we are, but he thinks we must help Ukraine with more military equipment in order to save all of our democracies, not just the Ukrainian democracy, but all of our democracies, the EU, Great Britain, Norway, you know, Scandinavian countries, the United States. And of course, why we're not going in, Judy, in response to your Republican friends who say, why aren't we going in? We don't want to go in. I don't want to go in, even though Alexander Vindman seems to think we should, because we're a part of the NATO alliance and Ukraine is not part of NATO. So it could embolden Putin even further, or maybe not. I don't know. Even something such as the no-fly zone, you know, that would have to be enforced. So if we did issue that, that would be us getting involved. And it is, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough situation. I think we should be prepared for that. I, I And this is just opinion that could probably be backed by quite a bit, but I don't think Putin will stop here by any means. I think his plan is to move into other, other countries. I, I think that there's a grand plan and this is the very beginning of it. And I think that we should be ready. It's, it's a tough situation for a leader to make, but they have to make that those decisions very critically very calculated and understand the, the long-term effects of those things. Right. I think more people believe that than not, that we've just got to be very, very careful. Yes, what's going on over there is horrible. I do think we are doing amazing things, sending supplies. There, there are retired veterans going over and fighting for them. Just the support that we're giving the, the civilians is, is amazing in and of itself. But once we get involved that as a whole other um, we're in World War Three at that point. Um, not necessarily, not necessarily, yeah. but yeah. I mean, that's what people, that's what Putin likes to make you think, but I'm sure he doesn't want to fight with Americans. He wants them to stay out, I'm sure, especially what's mm -hmm. happened in Russia. And, you know, so Vindman is saying that we are missing the forest for the trees because he considers the administration a little bit narrow-minded, telescopic look at, at what's happening. Liz, what did you, you wanted to add? I was just thinking, I mean, you were talking about, you know, Putin's attack on other democracies. I've read too that they believe he had a very big hand in the Brexit vote. Breaking another country out of the, the European Union was a bonus to, to Putin. Remember, the vote was very, very close. And who knows how much he influenced that on voting arrangement. I had another point too about- um, Was it also through social media? Oh, I'm sure I have no doubt. No doubt. They got people that he, he was amplifying you know, those very extreme views, getting people riled up against one another. And reasonable voices getting drowned out. That's what happens, I think. No one really, I don't think anybody thought this Brexit thing through. It just seems absurd now, of the stupid stuff they've had to deal with. And like the truck drivers, and then they had, they had a lot of that free commerce and labor coming and going that worked for everyone's benefit. And when that stopped, they're kind of like, oh, there's no one to, you know, to drive trucks, I remember reading some time ago. Yeah. Or yeah. healthcare workers. and Exactly. And it was just implemented by, that helped Putin. That helped him to see him, see the West break up as all his part of his playbook, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Vindman says that Europe is taking the lead and they should take the lead. And we should follow 
the European lead, and he gives enormous, enormous credit to Zelensky and his mm -hmm. going around to all these countries and, you know, his passionate speeches to the Congress, to the UN, to the parliament in Great Britain and everywhere, Japan. I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, what hot. He, yeah, what mm -hmm. he's done. I mean, he is, he is an amazing leader and he has led, he is leading. And he also talks about how Putin loves himself. He doesn't want to be suicidal, so he, he doesn't see him trying to start World War III in terms of nuclear weapons and, and things like that. I mean, we don't know. But one thing to pay attention to, Barb and Liz, is that those close to him have started to, to or, or those that used to be close to him and some sources that are keeping it on the down low, I guess. And, and I don't know if this is true, but but enough, it's enough for me to start to think that they're saying Putin is sick, that Putin may have cancer. And I know that seems like completely out of the out of left field, but Who's I've been looking this? at this. I'm sorry. Who's saying allies of his former allies of his information is getting leaked information was leaked that he had been visiting doctors information was leaked that there was something that had to do with his thyroid um, someone came forward and and I'll and I'll continue to do a little more research on that and maybe report on it in the next podcast so that got I've me heard that too that, they, that he might have Parkinson's too this all the different rumors about his health yeah, yeah. And, and people have been paying attention to his cognition which I think the the, the guy's been a little crazy for a while but the decline in that and um so something to pay attention to because it's different if you are sick and you are a leader and you're insane you know would you then and i don't want to be an alarmist but we have to we have to pay attention to everything at this point because i would not really cut him short of doing i'm doing something really drastic you know mm -hmm. the chemical warfare nuclear when you're backed up against a corner because I don't, you know, I hope he does not win this. The Ukrainians are really putting up a fight. But what will what will he do? He's not been rational. He's not been honest. So am I fearful? Yes, I am. And that makes this that much more important because I think most of us, most of us are. But that's well, something to pay attention to. Yeah, I, I just think that Vinman has so much experience on this. I just thought it was an interesting article. And I, I kind of maybe it's wishful thinking, you know, I want to believe what he says. Yeah, he hopes he's doing something with his articles and his talks. And I just read that he recently Vinman in uh, just last month, he sued Donald Jr. Where are my notes? Good. He said, I just Donald good. Jr. Sounds um, good so far. Sounds good so far. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy okay, that's Giuliani, even better. That's the cherry um, on the top right there. Dan Savino. Okay. And this woman who's, I didn't know Hannah somebody, uh, but he sued them on the, are you ready for this? Maybe you know about it. The Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Don't know anything about that. What is that? I don't know. I've, I didn't have time to look it up. I'll look it up right now. What's it called? The Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. And he was bullied. He was pressured. He was to leave. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but while Judy's looking that up, I would say that- Here it is. Yeah. Vinman went to Binghamton University, got his BA from wow. Binghamton University, and oh, his MA from Harvard, MA from Harvard, and he's going for his PhD uh, in Russian studies, I believe, from John Hopkins. Hmm. The Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 enforced the 14th Amendment by guaranteeing all citizens of the United States the rights afforded by the Constitution and providing legal protection under the law. 
Wait, how is it different than the 14th Amendment? I guess it enforces the 14th Amendment. Yeah, by guaranteeing all citizens on this date. It also knows return from the sewer. So I don't I don't know. That doesn't explain to me why he's suing those people that I mentioned, but he did file. Oh, I just found the headlines in New York Times. It says he it said a lawsuit that Donald Trump Jr. and others carried out, quote, a campaign of intimidation against him. Yes. So is it like anti yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. accusing them of running a coordinated intimidation and retaliation campaign to stop him from testifying. Oh, um, okay. Just do stop. you know what it has, has to do with? You know, we're hearing a lot lately about state sovereignty. So there are federal laws in place. What I think this act does is it protects against states going rogue <laughs> and doing their own thing. That looks like it's, pro- it, but we can research that a little bit more, um, which we're seeing now too. That doesn't make sense. He's an individual that's doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, his individual rights, evidently, he feels are. And he's suing individuals, not a state, unless he's he's stating those individuals represent in some way the state. I don't know. But yeah, let's look into that. Be- well, here's what the article says. Um, they're quoting from the lawsuit, you know, from the, the documents. The suit said, um, adding, Vindman, Mr. Vindman has sustained, quote, significant financial, emotional, and reputational harm for testifying against Mr. Trump at the impeachment trial. He said that it doesn't say how much money he's taking, but it, less, it also left a stain on our democracy. Mm-hmm. So retaliation, you said? Yeah, retaliation for testifying. Yeah. Yeah, because he resigned. Yeah. I mean, he retired and he could have been, a, and he held up his um, promotion. That The, the Trump right. administration held up his promotion to colonel. So he retired as a lieutenant colonel, I guess, forced out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sad. Okay, so have we covered everything we wanted to cover? I would like to mention something before we we end this wonderful podcast. I want to give reality check chat props where props are due that we beat mainstream uh, mainstream media. We beat mainstream media at um, the story regarding Clarence Thomas and his wife by a good week. So great reporting, girls on that one. Yeah. Um, and that's a story that we'll, we'll continue to, to pay attention to. A lot going on with the Supreme Court nomination of Jackson. Very embarrassed for the Republicans and how they are acting, particularly Marjorie Taylor Greene calling her Republican comrades pro-pedophiles when she stands next to Matt Gates, who is himself accused of having sex with somebody underage. So yeah, they, they, I don't know to where they're going to stop at looking like total, I don't want to, I'm trying not to swear, (laughs) (laughs) but the A word, um, try not guys. So, so So, wait, I thought you were going to give us an update on Clarence. Is that, is that the update? Um, that's my little snippet. But we can, why don't we continue that into the next one? Cause that'll take. And what about the people of Florida you were going to talk about? Well, I was going to mention with, with, with voting, um, which is another topic I think we need to probably touch upon the next podcast um, down, down the road. But when I was in, when I was in Florida recently, there were quite a few signs still that related to stop the steal. Biden is not my president. And I happened to be there with someone who was a Democrat in a highly Republican area and was commenting on that. He had mentioned to me, it's funny that you, that you say that because we made the national news in this neighborhood for three individuals who are um, snowbirds um, in Florida that registered and voted in two different states. And sure enough, I looked it up and there it was. And, and, you know, I'm not concerned about three people. 
you know, this, this mass, you know, election fraud is it in the masses. It's just funny that the research I've done that points to where this election fraud was and what actually happened and what is credible and the information it is. I'm finding highly Republican. It is small in number. I don't think it's anything for us to be alarmed about. I think our system does work. They will be prosecuting these these individuals, and they made that very clear in the news report. So they are going to be get going after them. And it isn't enough for me to worry that my vote isn't going to count. It, it's frustrating that you still see signs stop the seal when it is highly that a Republican initiative. So that's frustrating. So I think continuing to talk about the elections specifically over the next couple months, because we have to get the word out that voting is, is a safe way to get your voice in your, in your vote out and, and who you want to vote for. And we need to preserve that. There's a lot of things in jeopardy and elections are extremely important. So that's something we have to constantly push. Yes, yes, they are. I was just saying to add to that uh, about the voter fraud, I've seen a lot of memes on social media lately that said, it's not voter fraud that freaked out the Republicans. It was voter turnout. Yeah. <laughs> so let's keep that. Let's, get, let's keep keep the votes coming in. Right. Get the voters registered. That's that's it's a vote like we own this place. Absolutely. Very good. That's that's very good. I like yeah. that. Voter turnout. Yeah. Because yeah. you know, who were those seven million people? Was it seven million more he got votes Biden got mm-hmm. than Trump? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. It wasn't a, it wasn't slim for crying And out. the turnout still wasn't great. I mean, we, we had a, what was like, it wasn't even like 60%, was it? In our it was, area, it was great. In our area, it was like an 85% yeah. turnout, but I think countrywide, it, it wasn't as, as good. Yeah, yeah. and we don't anyway. need it in our area to be so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, especially when Democrats don't come out to vote. That's very depressing. Yeah, yeah. All right. uh, anything else? fellow podsters well we could probably talk all night but we should probably end we should wrap right. this up for <laughs> devoted listeners we should we can keep this short in fact <laughs> until next time right until next time it was nice talking to you here that's it i don't know we'll we'll figure out what we're talking about next time but it's nice to see you as always and when i say to you it's because we zoom it's so great we get good sound quality usually usually instead of passing around the mic like in the old days, and we get to see. <laughs> We've come a long way, baby. Uh, I'm, so, I'm hoping you're hearing my door and the dog shaking her collar. <laughs> I had to Charlie. be on mute, mute earlier because my puppy is playing with the most, the loudest toy on the planet <laughs> upstairs. Like, and I had to, I went over here to say, shut that dog up. And oh, I'm, show us your puppy <laughs> again. Show us your puppy again, Judy. I want to see him. One oh, second. Okay. We'll play in a good mood. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a minute. All right. Thanks, Liz, for doing the postcards. I put them in your Anytime. mailbox. Oh, okay. Thanks. I hope it was your mailbox. Did you <laughs> uh, you, I haven't, we didn't check the mail today, so I'm not sure. It was yesterday. Oh, did I put him in the get, wrong we, we didn't get him yet. Troy said he didn't get any. He is only not even five months old. Oh, look how and cute. He's so good with potty training. He is the sweetest thing ever. Oh, he's yeah. adorable. He is. He's very beautiful. Isn't oh, he he's, what's his name? Blue. Of course. <laughs> he's a big, big lovey. Very but sweet. Potty training has not been going too well, but the last couple mm-hmm. days we're making he only had one accident today. Yay. So the boys have been great. Mm-hmm. That's the he biggest puppy up. I've ever seen. It oh. is the biggest puppy I've ever seen, too. He's adorable. Isn't he? Yeah, he's Hi, sweetie. Four, Hi, and a half, four and a half months old. 
Oh. Hi. Hi, Blue. Hi, Hi Blue. Can you shake? Can you sit? You can shake. <laughs> I taught him how to sit. Actually, Audrey's been helping me because she just had a, she has a German Shepherd puppy that's two. <gasps> so she oh. just read through all of this. So she came over and, and showed me how, like, the sign, like, you do signs and uh, treat. Uh -huh, uh -huh. We've, we've taught him how to sit, how to lay, doing okay with shaking, mm -hmm. the potty training. So I think the earlier that you train them, the better, I hope. Yeah. yeah. I would think yeah. So. Listen, I want to get back to the postcards, Liz. I can't. Did I put them in the wrong mailbox? Maybe. I. Charlie says you haven't seen any postcards in the mail, like a big stack. It was really, on the inside the box. It was an envelope inside. Big envelope. Charlie says no. I haven't checked it myself. No. Hmm. Do you have a canoe in your driveway? Yeah. Red canoe. What's your red canoe? Cover? It's um six oh eight. And it's right on the it's right on the driveway, right? You, know, you can reach it from you can reach from the from your car window. Yeah. And and there was a there was a the shovel in it. Was, do you have an American flag out on your porch? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I put them in there, Charlie. You didn't look. Okay. We'll look. We'll look harder. <laughs> and Charlie was away today. Okay. We'll go. We'll go out there and go look. We'll go look. We'll go look. We'll go look. We'll go check. Unless somebody took it out. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, you guys. It was fun. It was good. Good night. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.